We are back. Be Quan Cut the Music, episode 14, Six Inside Podcast. We had, I believe, a two-week hiatus. Uh, yeah, we were planning on doing an in-person pod. It all fell apart. One of us, who will not be named as he is not in attendance, has a summer job or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, that kind of ruined the plan. So anyways, enough of that. We have some breaking news to get into. Uh, Giannis almost died. As of last night, he was dead. They revived him somehow. I don't know what kind of superhuman strength he has, but overall, these playoffs, as entertaining as they've been, they suck. I was in the like I was in the minority before that. I said these playoffs were pretty cool, and then yesterday, I don't know why, something that changed my mind around the third quarter. I was like, damn, these playoffs suck ass. I just, I'm glad there's no structural damage. Well, if you haven't heard about that yet, there's no structural damage, so. Timetable is TBD, but if he comes back for the playoffs, that would be insane. He's not coming back to the series, guaranteed. Yep. But I think there's. I, I'm not even gonna get my hopes up because the Bucks aren't even winning this series. But spoiler alert: I don't think Giannis should play regardless of his health for the rest of the series. I don't think he's gonna be able to either. Um, it looked bad. I'm just happy that. There's no structural damage. Because... I don't know how there isn't, bro. That looked so bad. They These said it's because are... it went straight back. Yeah. It's because it didn't bend side to the side. These to side, are weird. Which makes sense. Uh, but... That's about. I feel like of all of our joints as humans, knees are probably the uh, most messed up of them all. Like those hopefully catch up in about 100 years or so of evolution. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Giannis somehow is mortal, I guess, but also invincible at the same time so that's Good pretty show. crazy uh moving on here coaching hires we have a lot to get into here since the last podcast uh everyone got fired and everyone got hurt was our notes here and now some people have gotten hired everyone's still getting hurt uh where kylie where should we uh which hire you want to start with i think i have an idea i think we should start with rick carlisle coming back home to indiana i really enjoy the hire i didn't think that he would come back and he really wasn't in any of the reports of people that they were interviewing in. And all of a sudden at work, I get a text from Aiden Carlisle to the Pacers. And I just ran around the office to everyone that follows any sports. And I was like, let's go. But I mean, he had his press conference today and it sounds like they're not really going to shake up the roster much. They're just, kind of relying on people getting back healthy and kind of seeing what the team can be. But, I mean, we haven't stayed healthy the last three or so years, so I don't know how reliable that'll be. Maybe they'll try it one year and then blow it up after that because I'm guessing it's not going to work. But, yeah, I'm excited. Nate Bjorken was – a terrible little test run and now our coach before him is in the eastern conference finals about to make the finals most likely so yeah we we needed this but um yeah i think there's some other interesting hires as well and still some jobs open so we'll see how those kind of fill out yeah so as of today there's the magic remaining the pelicans remaining and the wizards remaining so still a few spots I'm personally thrilled that you guys are going to shop with uh, Bill Ups and Udoka. Udoka is a guy that I've kind of been advocating for for the past. Uh, I want to say he's been in the conversation for the last three or four years. Uh, 
pretty sure he was in conversations for Nurse's job when he uh, was interviewing for that. So very, very happy to see them finally get an opportunity. Uh, Jason Kidd's another uh, interesting one. I don't I'm sure get so. how he he's still getting like coaching opportunities. Like he he must have some blackmail. I mean, Mavericks at least make a little sense because that's like he's got rapport there. But I don't know, man. I just don't get why teams keep hiring him. He's not that good of a like. You can just tell from the Bucks, his time at the Bucks, that he wasn't that great of a coach. I don't know what he's learned from Vogel in these past two years. That's apparently made him a qualified candidate again. But I mean, I think if Luca was like, yeah, I want Jason Kidd, that's pretty much the main reason why they hired him. Otherwise I can't really see a reason why Jason Kidd is like at the top of somebody's list. Cause he's pretty much a new coach. So you might as well give somebody with an actual or an actual new coach, like that experience. Yeah. Because I, Jason Kidd, like, I don't know, man. I, whatever. I'm not a Mavericks fan, but I'm just sad for Mavericks fans. I guess they kind of blew up their little franchise, but they the still have a superstar. So. I thought it was weird how Carlisle endorsed Jason Kidd to be the Mavericks coach after he just resigned. Like, yeah, he coached him as a player, but like, I don't know if he was just hoping bad on the Mavericks with that or. I I hope he was that petty. That would be actually hilarious. That'd be so petty. <laughs> it's like I support and Mark this Cuban. Just like, all right, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, what do you guys like? I'm just looking at the three remaining. We're kind of moving on because I'm over Jason Kidd. I don't like anybody have any good things to say about Jason Kidd's outlook for the Mavericks. He's no. uh, not an old recycled coach he's a young recycled coach so i think he has that going for you he's good for at least one extra timeout a game too just from uh spilling beverages on the court which was still like that could that to me could be like a top three wildest like sideline <laughs> shenanigan i have ever seen in my life when he uh, spilled water on the court to gain an extra timeout to drop a play that was i bet just, the play didn't work like, I don't I'm, think it did. I, it was probably yeah. <laughs> in isolation or something like that. It just went nowhere. Um, yeah, looking at these other jobs, I know recently uh, Jerry Stackhouse was interviewing with someone and then came out and said, no, I'm actually not going to do that. They just hired, who was it, Larry Brown? For the... No, uh, for Memphis. Yeah, that was for that was Penny college. Oh, Penny, my bad. Penny. But yeah, I'm just hoping that these jobs once again go to kind of these newer candidates uh do we think terry stotts and d'antoni are gonna end up with jobs here of these three remaining or i wouldn't hate d'antoni to the pelicans i think yeah style wise that would make a lot of sense um i would also like to see the pelicans go in a different direction than our old recycled coach but i think d'antoni to the pelicans wouldn't be the worst thing in the world uh and then i've also been seeing penny to the magic we just mentioned penny but i've been seeing penny uh, coming out as a real candidate for that magic job, which I don't really see how he qualifies. They've been really underwhelming in the American Athletic Conference for two years or three years, however long he's been there. So I'm not really sure why that qualifies him for a head coaching job. I know he their defensive schemes have been really good at Memphis, and that's kind of like what he's built that program based off of now. But he's been kind of dealt with some NBA talent on that roster, and he hasn't really gotten the most out of it. So I don't really see – that as an option but I really think that's probably the more that I read about it the more it seems like that's going to be 
where he ends up um, or where the Magic go. I thought he said that he was staying at Memphis yesterday. Did he say that? And yeah. that's why, like, oh, the Larry Well, now Brown. I just went on a rant yeah. for <laughs> five minutes about nothing. I think really? my favorite – so I'm, I'm opening up this list of interviewed candidates. The Magic have interviewed about eight candidates maybe. The Wizards have interviewed like seven or eight. And then you look at the Pelicans and they've interviewed or expected to interview a total of two people. And are linked to another two people. So, of course, this is from Hoops Rumors. So, who knows how true a lot of this actually is. But it's it's a lot harder for me to place these jobs, given the candidates, than some of, these, some of the previous jobs. Because I thought, honestly, the new guys would end up here instead of in one of in those, like, premier locations, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, that should be pretty exciting to see. Hopefully, we'll uh, get one of the next – few days here uh in the meantime we just got this news earlier too in regards to the ncaa as of tomorrow they will be finally allowing players to make names off of their or benefit from their name image and likeness so that'll begin tomorrow which is july 1st that pretty much confirms this ncaa football game will be out in the foreseeable future which is absolutely awesome so just want to touch on that bringing back a longtime guest here Jay Cott, welcome back. It's been, I want to say, like a month. It feels like a long time. So uh, let's let's bring some hot takes in here. Hey guys, it's definitely been a while. I don't remember the last time I was on, on the show, but I appreciate you guys having me back. Um, so I got three hot takes for you guys today. Um, let's start off with tennis, <laughs> since Wimbledon is going on right now. Unfortunately, I think Novak Djokovic is not going to drop another set on his way to another Wimbledon title, which will be his 20th, which will tie the all-time record. What do you guys think? <laughs> so, to preface, I don't, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I don't know a whole lot about tennis, so I did some research before. Uh, you don't think Federer has a chance of taking a set off of him? Isn't Federer, like, known as, like, one of the best. Yeah, but did, did you see Federer play yesterday? He he's almost think? got beat. He almost got beat. <laughs> like he got he got lucky to get through because the guy Yikes. was tired. <laughs> okay, uh, so well, that, um, that hurts my only argument. Yeah, that no, trust me, I I'm a Federer guy through and through, but he does not have a shot. I mean, Rublev could maybe push him in the quarters. I thought Kevin Anderson was going to give him a little more today, but it, that was straight sets. I, I don't think there's anyone in the draw right now that can give Djokovic even a match. So I'm looking at favorites right now. Djokovic is minus 127 to win the whole thing. And then second is Stefanos. I'm, he, lost, he, lost, he lost. He lost. He lost. He lost. lost. Got yeah. upset first round. So and then what about Med- is Medvedev gone too? No, Medvedev's still in. So Medvedev's plus if 800 Medved- then. If Medvedev serves well, he could maybe stay in it, but. It, it, I, I don't see it. I, I, I really don't I see agree. it. I agree. He won't drop another set unless he gets hurt. That seems absurd, though. Like, well, you don't think if Federer – just hypothetically, if Federer and him face off. I feel like Federer – it's Federer. I know I, he looked I, I bad. Would, you I think would he, love to – trust I think Federer would have to – Federer could. I, I think if he could maybe grab a set, I think that would be the only player that could maybe grab a set. 
Well, you have I mean, he would have to. Novak's gonna he's gonna win them all in straight sets. So. Yeah, it it's just insane. And then with all the injuries, that I would think that would be the only way Novak doesn't win this because Manorino, who played Federer, had to drop out yesterday because of the court, and then Serena, if you guys saw that, mm. had to uh, retire during her match. Because yeah, of, like, is Novak Djokovic the best? Is he the best tennis player of all time? I think when it's all said and done, he'll have everything to back it up. Unfortunately, I feel like it's getting close already. Yeah. Oh no, it is. And he. I, I saw only... something like he's had the most wins over thirty compared it's to like Nadal mo- and Federer well, by like and the most majors, probably. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, yeah, most yeah. majors by yeah, like a decent 30. amount. I, I think. think. I don't know if it's a decent amount yet, but he, he'll definitely break that record, yeah, if he hasn't broken it already. Um, which, uh, I'm, I'm a Federer guy. I, I, I hate that this is going to happen, but Novak is, like, I think 33, 34, mm-hmm. and he's going to have every opportunity to run up the scoreboard, unfortunately. Yeah. I think when it's all said and done, he'll probably have the unanimous GOAT title. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. All right, what's your what's your next take? Next take with uh, Euros with soccer. Mm. I am believing that it's it's coming home. I think England is going to win, is win it all. What do you guys say? I, I'm buying into I'm buying into England. I want them to win it. I think so it's coming home. Okay, so it's first coming of all, home. I don't get how everybody <laughs> is an England fan in America. Like that just doesn't really add up for me, but. Second of all, they have the easiest way to the final by a fucking mile. Like if you their side of the bracket, they play Ukraine next, and they win. They play the winner of the Czech Republic versus somebody. Us, uh, not Sweden. It's another Nordic team. Denmark, maybe. It's super easy. Right. A re- yeah. it's a really easy side of the bracket is their side, and I mean they're gonna if they don't make that at least the final. That's a big disappointment. They're on the left side of the bracket with Italy, Belgium, and Spain. Mm-hmm. That Those are all three very good teams. It's unfortunate that Belgium and Italy play each other in yeah. the quarterfinals, which we're going to touch about on in a little bit. But I think England's probably the favorite just because of their road. Because I think if Belgium if Belgium and England had flipped, I think Belgium would be the favorite. I think they're, they've looked better in the tournament so far. But they have to play Italy and then Spain more than likely. So they yeah. have two hard games. And Italy's also looked amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I think the winner of Belgium Italy is going to end up taking it home. Uh, the only potential downfall to that is I believe the finals at Wembley, so yeah. it'd be a home game for England in the, the semifinal final. and the finals. Yeah, that's that's just so lucky. But I mean, they've they've looked good. They haven't let up a goal yet. I think. Yeah, like you said, Italy and Belgium, just that's so unfortunate running into each other. I think those are the two best teams remaining. Uh, I wish it was the championship, but yeah, I, I don't know. That game could be definitely emotionally draining for both sides, and then you most likely run into Spain. So, I mean, one of those teams could lose, but I think going back to your point of why Americans are England fans is because that Premier League, if you follow soccer at all, is most likely what you follow is like. Yeah, I think that's what you follow. So like, it's all these players that you know because almost all of them except Trippier 
pretty much plays in the Premier League, so. Yeah, it's I mean, I get that. People. It's just like I can't root. There's so many guys that I just hate all season, and I'm not going to root for them in the in the Euros. I mean, so that's different. my opinion. I, I, I know, but it's really – I don't know. It's a little – it's harder. It's like the U.S. I, I, Olympic I can't believe, basketball I can't, team. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess that's the same. Um, it's the country pride, but that's my country, not somebody else's country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm, going, I, I'm, going Spain. I'm just going to – you're going Spain. I mean, Spain, Spain has been leaky. Yes, I think it was to Switzerland. If I'm being honest, Switzerland looks yeah. really good. I disagree. I'm gonna I have no throw this out to. there. I see England. I could see England losing to Denmark in the quarter in the semifinals. Um, just because Denmark's gonna be. I, Denmark is. I really like watching Denmark play. They they look like they're clicking on also. And they're on a like very I guess they just they're emotionally passionate. Right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think Ukraine's gonna give them a game. England. They have no defense. It's I think that game's gonna be super boring. Yeah. Uh just because England is gonna be they play five with the back, which they shouldn't against Ukraine. And Ukraine also plays five with the back. So they're both gonna be super defensive. It's gonna be I don't know. We'll see. Ukraine just yeah. played 123 minutes, so. Yeah, right, I, don't, I hope it doesn't come home. Next hot take. <laughs> all right, my last one. Uh, with all the home runs being hit this year, and specifically Shohei Atani, I think Atani might get to the 60 home run mark. Or he's right around much, that. Right around that. He's pretty that. much on pace, pace. for um, – he's at 28 right now, right? Uh, I, yes. I thought it was t- had, okay. I don't know. He had two last had, night. I think. I, yeah. he had two last night and one the night before, and also barely missed another. I think he's going to get right around that. That like, if not the sixty homer guy, what do you think that's possible? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. I do think it's a distinct possibility. I'm pulling up their schedule here. Um, so they close up with the Yankees tonight. I don't know if he's hitting. But he's you've pitching, got oh, he's pitching tonight. Well, yeah, I know, but they oh, might. Oh, they've, yeah, they've, for, they've done it before, and it's Joe Madden, yeah. so nothing surprises me with that guy anymore. <laughs> so just coming up in the next month, they have the Orioles, they have the Red Sox, Mariners, Mariners, Athletics, Twins, Rockies. So there's wow. a lot of potential there just in the month of July for him to go on a tear here. So it, it appears as if they have a. As strong as the West is at the top, it does look like they have a pretty easy schedule up until maybe mid-August or so. So I think I think he can do it. Just needs to stay healthy. I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of the issue. And also, you have to keep in mind, too, there's always that factor of guys going to the home run derby yeah. and completely screwing up their swing. Is he poster. doing the derby? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, so that might that could be that might oh, be something to worry about too. Oh, I would have factored that into the take if if the, if I knew that information. I, I yeah. did not. I know that's a terrible idea. I I, I might have to redo that take. That <laughs> just looks like a curse or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wow. I could see Otani doing it regardless. I the one thing I'd be worried about is pitchers are going to have a lot more film on him on the second half of the season because this guy's played about what two halves of seasons. He hasn't really played that much in the MLB at this point. So he's going to – they're going to pitch him, I think, a little differently in the second half. And even if they have – like, they're used to, like, seeing him, I think you just got to pitch around him at this point. This guy's 
like a home run machine at this point. Um, I hope they don't because Otani, when Otani hits the ball and it's a home run, it's one of the prettiest sounds in baseball. Like, and every single one is like 450. It's like he doesn't get any cheapies either, which is awesome. So Otani's just crossed the two seasons worth of games mark yeah. here. So he, they should have enough film on him. So he's at 328 games for his career over the last four years. I can't believe he's been here for four. It's been four years. It's been he missed four like years. an entire season, right? Uh, so we played in 104, 2018, 106 in 2019. You had the season last year, but he had the, uh, Tommy John. He didn't pitch yeah. for, Oh, I guess uh, he did hit even when he, did he didn't pitch too. for all of 2019. And then for 2020, he threw in two games he's and also just sub three was right, horrible. Right he was horrible in those two games. Uh, and then got it together. So yeah. Shout out Kyle Schwarber too. Yeah. I know that might be a touchy yeah. subject, but. He's been phenomenal. Like, it's it's ridiculous to me that he's been able to do the things that he's been doing. Um, and the Nationals, too, they're right back in it at this point. So as of today, they're beating the Rays right now. It's looking like that'll go their way. Uh, they are over 500 for the first time since they were 1-0 to start the season. So three games back of first place in the NL East. Uh, they're making a little... Uh, Little run here. NL East is also probably the easiest division to get back into. There's not really a like. What are the the Mets are like forty one and something? Forty one and thirty four. Yeah. Yeah. They're like. Yeah. Yeah, that division sucks. Thank <laughs> you, Hot. Uh, is there any uh, any more? Or is that it for this week? No, that's all I got. Thanks I for get on those back. revisions. Then appreciate it as yeah. always. <laughs> See you guys later, Hawks. All right, so I'm going to call a little audible here. Uh, we're going to do some NBA and then wrap up with Euro predictions at the very end. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't even have to do the Euro. We kind of Yeah, we, we kind of little... already hit on it. Yeah. So with the draft lottery, uh, so that all went down about a week ago. Uh, if you somehow haven't heard, the Pistons have the first overall pick. Toronto moved up. OKC stayed at number six. And yeah, just want to get general reactions kind of for the lottery. I think this uh, lottery results is going to cause a lot of movement in the draft. I think there's going to be a lot of trades with two teams that are in the lottery having two picks that will definitely either have some teams move up or in the Warriors case, use them to get a piece that'll help them win now with Clay coming back. Um, I think the Magic are in a good spot. They've got some young talent and you they have what like the five and seventh pick eight five and eight yep so i mean they're gonna get probably at least one hit there um and then jonathan isaac will be coming back i think there's a lot of five games (laughs) (laughs) i hope not i really like him but yeah i i was really hoping that the pacers would move up a little from 13 but that's what we got and, yeah, I don't know. I think the Pistons have a lot of hope, too. I think Cade's going to be a stud. And pairing them with having two all-rookie guys this year, and that wasn't even their first pick from last year, who had a decent year, definitely has some growing pains. But, yeah, I think they're, they've got a great future. Um, I don't know. I think – there's going to be a lot of movement within 
there's already been from the rumors of at like the combines going on right now. So guys are moving up and down. It'll be interesting to see because I think pretty much after like the first four or five guys, it's pretty spread open after that. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like you kind of have your first four for sure set with uh, Suggs, Mobley, Green, and Cunningham. But after that, there's a lot of ways different teams can go because a lot of these teams in the in the lotto don't really have like they don't have one thing that they're building around necessarily like. Aiden, you guys don't have anything building around at the moment besides Darius Baisley. Uh, that was a joke. Darius Baisley is not a build-around prospect. Shea, I meant Shea. You can build around Shea, but like you could also draft another league guard with Shea. Yep. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of fun trades. I agree with Kylie with that one. Um, I don't really know where I'm, what I'm thinking right now. There's a, I'm ex- interested to see how all the combine, once the combine's officially – like all the numbers come back, I think we're going to get a lot better look at where everybody's going to be going. Um, I'm surprised that Keon Johnson is in the top 10. That's like my, I don't think he should go top 10 in my opinion. I know you love him athleticism wise, but yep. I think his game as a whole isn't polished enough to go top 10 with some of the other guys that are in the top uh, 13, for example, and him going to the Kings at nine, I don't love that for the Kings. I think they could get maybe like a Jalen Johnson type player or a Franz Wagner, somebody that can kind of do the same thing, but it's a little more polished on both sides of the ball. Uh, but that's just my opinion for um, that. Just looking at, I'm referencing Gaboni's top 10. And, um, you guys are listening and wondering where I'm getting these uh, picks from, but I'm really excited to see some of the other guys. I'll kind of let Aiden talk about the international, but I'm excited for the Olympics. So we kind of get to see these international guys. Uh, specifically Giddy, because as Kylie's called him, uh, Walmart Luca definitely has that Luca game. He's got the Luca <laughs> burst of half speed, but we'll see if he's got the Luca technicals along with it. I could I could see him either being a mega bust or just like the steal of the draft at ten, just from his intangibles with that six eight guard. What do you think? What do you think, Nate? Yeah. So real quick on Keon, uh, I agree. I don't like the Keon fit to the Kings. He is to me. He's probably like top three high ceiling in the draft, regardless of what he's able to develop into or produce. He's guaranteed going to be super athletic and at least give his all, which you can't necessarily say for a lot of those super athlete guys. The hope with him is similar to Jalen Brown when he was coming out of college. Jalen Brown, don't get me wrong before you start yelling at me, significantly more polished out of college, definitely a better prospect, but athleticism wise, the hope with Jalen Brown was he has this very high motor. He's clearly a smart dude who loves the game. Hopefully he will develop. So I think with Keon, you're looking at a similar situation. It's just, can you give him the resources to be as successful as he really wants to be? Uh, My coolest thing that I've seen personally is Scotty Barnes rising into the top five, um, looking at the best available on ESPN. And they have Scotty Barnes at five over Kaminga. That is not to discount Kaminga at all. Guy is also a beast, but as of now, the top five players on this big board, you have Scotty Barnes at five, you have Suggs at four, you have Mobley at three, Jalen Green has rose to two, and Cade still remains at one. So I've really, really enjoyed seeing a lot of that movement. Measurables have been pretty cool for people. JT Thor is flying up boards, Primo as well, uh, which has been crazy. So we'll have a specialized episode at some point in the future, but 
just the movement in general. We get to see a lot of the international guys too at the Olympics. Garuba's playing for Spain. Sengun's playing for Turkey and Australia. Of, of course, has uh, Giddy playing for the Boomers. So that'll be uh, pretty cool. Um, just a really, really exciting time in this class in general too. Very, very exciting. A lot of potential here too. Even past the top 20. Once you get past the top 20, you'll have guys that are maybe not going to develop into like NBA starters necessarily, but they'll be very, very important role players. So you're looking at, you know, Duarte, Duarte, your Miles McBride's at the back end, just, Mm -hmm. you know, those defensive specialists. Maybe you want to score Cam Thomas, Quentin Grimes, Nashawn Highland, you know, Bones Highland also has been flying up boards just for his shooting ability. So it's a, it's a very interesting and a lot more of a fluid class, I guess, than I expected for it to be towards the towards the back end so that's been awesome for okc i'm a little uh, disappointed because i don't think we're going to be able to get scotty barnes now without trading up i think he'll be gone by the time we pick at six Kamingo will be an awesome consolation prize but i just really really like scotty barnes a lot i think Kaminga has i've told you this at dinner i think he has the highest ceiling in the draft just he's young and he's just so explosive i loved watching him play i watched his g league highlights i I don't know if he's got the highest ceiling. I think Jalen Green probably has the highest ceiling in the draft just because we know what he can do just athletic and scoring-wise. But if he can turn into a playmaker too, like an elite playmaker and a defensive stopper, which he has both of the abilities to do, I think he's going to be the best player in the draft. But I really think at six, that's amazing value for Kaminga because obviously we know the OKC situation with all 1,000 of your picks. So why not try to take a home run pick at six? You can take a – who. Who, do you, who does Gaboni have you guys taking at? Uh, it's either Scotty 16? or Kaminga. Oh, at 16. No, at 16. Oh, at 16, I'm pretty sure it was Sangoon, but I doubt he's going to be available by then. Yeah. I think, but we can honestly, always trade oh, up for him, though, because there's no shot we use every single one of our picks. How many? There's, you have three first-rounders, right? We, we have – I think it's four first-rounders and two seconds. No right shot. now, Gaboni also has Moses Moody going to y'all at 18. I think Moody flies off the draft boards. Uh. He had like we were talking about him in college. Um, or when right yeah. before the tournament, we said that he was going to be a lotto pick for sure, and then he just had he shit the bed in the tournament. So that kind of tanked his draft stock. I don't know how he did in the combine, but I'd imagine his measurables were pretty good. He's a young guy, uh, and I think he's going to be a really good three and D guy. I think he flies up the draft board. But if he's there at eighteen, that's an amazing haul at eighteen, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I can agree. I doubt he'll be there. Uh, so real quick with Moody, he had he measured very well. He had a good combine too. Uh, so he's six six and shoes with a seven foot wingspan. Ooh, yeah, that is that's not a little bad. shorter than I was expecting. Six six it's, only inches. Yeah, I, I mean he, was, he came in as like a shooting guard. And yeah, he ended up playing like the three or the four. So I think what do you think his troop is? It's more of a two three right than a three or four. Yeah, it would be a, it would be a on two offense. three. Yeah, it would I be a two three. three. Four on a defense, I think, probably. and that's that's my favorite part with Scotty Barnes too. So Scotty, of course, he's got like guard abilities too. Measured at six eight with shoes with a seven foot two wingspan. Yeah, like that's that's. Insane. I mean, that's why that's probably why I bumped up to the top five. And then shout out JT Thor too. He tested very well athletically. His shot was phenomenal too. Got to give a shout out to Auburn as well. Um, yeah, Ward, damn. So, 
Yeah. Uh, well, if we're, if we're shouting I, out Auburn, we got to shout, shout out Sharif Cooper's Afro Sharif, for getting them into the yeah. top 20. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's another thing, too. Like, I don't Sharif, believe he's 6'3". <laughs> that's what, and that's what everyone that I listened to said, too. They're like, I don't know how he grew necessarily, but I guess he's taller now. And he's still, I like, love, 18, 19. He could still yeah. be growing. I love his game. I hope he. I hope he's good in the NBA. I don't see him. I think he's like a Jalen Brunson type ceiling guy. Yeah, as like a a good point guard off the bench. Um, but we'll see. I think and there's my last, a my, lot. Oh, you go for it, Kylie. I think there's a lot of gray area, like you mentioned. It's fluid, and there's like I feel like it's a more deeper draft than typically, and. I think there's going to be a lot of courting going on between teams and players where they kind of fall in love and may not necessarily be projected at the spot that they have the pick, but they just fall in love with these players and get to like, they might, people might consider them reaches, but the team liked them and they take them at a spot and they just roll with it. And I think, kind of having the combine back after taking it off last year because of COVID is definitely going to enhance that even more with getting to meet with players and see them in person working against other draft prospects. Mm -hmm. One other smaller thing I just want to add before we kind of move on here. We'll have a better idea um, with the draft after July 7th and then the 19th. Those are the two deadline days for um, college guys if they want to go back to the so this, this is more of not – this isn't the first round or the lottery per se, but the late round guys, we're going to kind of see those sleepers that are going to bet on themselves and the ones that aren't. Um, there's definitely some guys in the second round that – like Juzang, for example. Yep. I could see him excelling if he gets drafted in the second round but wanting to come back and try to get that first round guarantee money. So I think that'll be an interesting thing to kind of keep track of. Um, obviously, that's a little bit in the future, and we'll – probably touch on it a lot more in those following weeks when we do we do our draft episode yeah uh poor max admis too he measured <laughs> in at 511 with shoes he weighs 161 pounds and has a six foot one wingspan that's tough so that's uh that's a death sentence and his athletic testing apparently was not good either so you're yeah. looking at a shorter less athletic lou williams and that just doesn't it doesn't work so i feel bad for him Loved him. But, uh, yeah, speaking of draft day moves, I suppose, uh, let's move on to the NBA. Of course, draft day move I'm talking about is the Trey Young and Cam Reddish deal for Luka Doncic. Shout out Travis Schlank for being able to build this Hawks team because, holy shit, they are fun to watch. Yeah. Yesterday, I don't know why Cam Reddish didn't play all series because he locked down Middleton in the first half. And, like, I think it's probably a combination of fresh legs and just, uh, like, I don't know. He had, he had nothing to, like, if he gets two fouls, it's not like he's playing 20 minutes a game anyway. He's just going to play hard the entire time. But Cam Reddish looks like, just from that game, there's no reason why he should be shouldn't be getting minutes the first four, three games. Because he looked phenomenal. And, I mean, I'm nervous. I'm Obviously, this game, I once Giannis went out, when Giannis was in, I thought we were going to win. And then as soon as he went out, I this team doesn't really have a fucking backbone or a spine, so they don't deal with adversity very well. And I literally looked at Grace, and I was just like, yeah, we're going to lose by 20. And then she's like, you don't know that. We're only down by 10 right now. And then 10-0 run, 15-0 run, and I was like, yeah. And I just turned off the TV. I was over it. But 
this Hawks team, I got to give them credit. I mean, they were without their best player. The Bucks were without their best player. So, you know, it is what it is. I really impressed. We'll see how the next part of the series goes. What are you guys thinking? What did you guys think about last night? Where do you think the series ends up? Well, first, I just want to talk about kind of you gave a shout out to building the team and their GM's a Warriors guy, right? Former Warriors guy. I believe assistant. Yeah. And everyone was talking about how when they got Trey Young and Herder, how it was like Steph and Clay and it was quite laughable. And they're both definitely not on that level, but the idea is there. They're both solid still. And the team is built like that, like those good Warriors teams were. Um, so they're definitely fun to watch. I think the Hawks, what's Trey Young's status? He coming back or? I wouldn't push it if I were them. I don't, it's not even a pushing thing. I don't know if he's going to be able to play just from a yeah. pain standpoint. Cause I don't think he'll make anything worse necessarily because it's just mm. a bone bruise, but it's more so like just from a pure, like, basketball playing ability I don't think he's going to be able to go yeah I just I don't know I think maybe next game will be both of a test of seeing Giannis and Trey I mean Trey Young miss his last game but it'll be like kind of teams feeling out what it's like with both of their stars out um I think the next game's really going to dictate the rest of the series I think whoever wins the next game will win the next two and finish out the series. I don't think it necessarily goes game seven. I think one of the teams will kind of get discouraged from not having their star and their leader. But, um, I mean, it's been coming out that John Collins is the emotional leader for the Hawks. It's not Trey Young. Even though – Yeah, even though Trey Young's their best player, like – it's you typically see on teams that the best players, the emotional leader, people all look up to him. But I think it's kind of it's kind of neat that it's another guy. Obviously, he's still a star, he's still a key player for the for them. But um, just having that is definitely going to be important. Um, and he's definitely going to have to be one of the guys that steps up with Trey Young being out. And we'll see kind of how Lou Will is uh, filling the role. He's he's definitely older than he has been, and oh really? Um, he's older than he has been. He kind of he kind of struggled. <laughs> he kind of struggled this year um, compared to years past, where he was pretty much a lock for the sixth man of the year. He looked good almost yesterday. Not yeah, to you off, but he looked really good yesterday. He was off mm-hmm. that pick and roll. He looked. He was kind of. He was Dyson in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this kind of getting him an opportunity to get his groove back a little bit. And uh, it looks like it's paying off. So I personally think the Hawks are better situated without the star, but we'll see. Um, Chris Milton is very potent. So, I mean, we also have two max players. So I yeah. like, there's no, there's still no excuse for the Bucks to lose at home. I, I don't think on yeah. Thursday. We have two max players. Obviously, Dante's out, so the depth isn't quite there. But we have P.J. Tucker, who's – he's got the playoff experience. We have Chris Middleton, playoff experience. Brooke Lopez, playoff experience. Against a team that has not been to the playoffs together. So, I, I don't see a reason why the Bucks can't win game five. I think if it, they do lose, it's because of, like, 
like I said, they have no, like they just don't have any spine and they don't react to adversity well. And I think they're going to have, I think PJ Tucker, if I'm going to put, I think PJ Tucker is going to have to be like their energy guy. And I think Chris Middleton's going to have to take, just like he needs to take the offensive role and just like be aggressive. Like he wasn't closing out game three. Cause if he can just do that, like not even like, not even shooting at the clip he does, but just like taking the shots that he was doing, just putting the onus on the Hawks to like have to guard him. Cause there's time where he just bails out the Hawks and just passes or just takes like a shitty jump shot. Uh, what do you think? What are you thinking about this series? It's yeah. So on. I think my kind of biggest issue with the Bucks is that they just didn't look ready almost. I mean, I get you lose your star and everything. So that's one thing I'm going to be looking at. Do they actually look like they want to play uh, tomorrow or is it going to be one of those things where they're just like, all right, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. Looking at the Bucks roster, you're going to be down all of Giannis's minutes. Uh, I don't think you can only run with seven players. And even if you were going to run with seven players, I don't think Portis, Connaughton, Forbes, Holiday, Lopez, Middleton, and Tucker are good enough to be that seven-man rotation. So I'm looking at guys like Justin Jackson, honestly, who have not played in Lord knows how long to start coming and matching up. Because like this Hawks team, too, they've got some size to them. Like it's, they've got their guards obviously, but they do have that sort of forward size to them that I just don't think you're really going to be able to match. It's Bud's got his, Bud's got his uh, work cut out for him. That's for, uh, I wouldn't hate that's for Jordan Nora getting minutes. He looked really good in the minutes that he got. Obviously he's a rookie. So I just don't want Teague. Teague's I don't not, like Teague's useless. There's no point of putting Teague in. He's undersized and doesn't do anything that well. Uh, yeah. Thanas- Thanasis will get some minutes probably. Uh, Elijah Bryant, for some reason, is going to get minutes. There's like it's going to be a weird mismatch, but I think it's oh Capella's questionable. Um, and Giannis is officially doubtful for tomorrow. So yeah. Not saying there's not a chance. It's not a chance. It's it's <laughs> going to be weird. I'm just hoping that they at least show up. If that's, they don't Milwaukee, that'll be disappointing. That'll be. It's, it's uh, nice that the next game's at home. Bud. Yeah. Well, this series. If they don't so, win the series, it's death sentence. I know that Bud's still in the hot seat. Do you think this kind of gives him a buffer with Giannis no. getting going down? No. Or no. I don't like because it was championship or bust. I don't. I don't, and I honestly don't know if we were going to win the championship regardless. I don't think Bud gets a pass for this. Like I said, there's enough talent on this roster. Like, they still have Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, who are good enough to make a Team USA. Um, two guys obviously can't win you a game in the playoffs, but I think I think Bud should be able to – like, it's not even about how the guys play. It's about how they act. And like Aiden was saying – they just didn't even look like they wanted to be on the court in the second half after it was really just like they went on that run and then it was just like they gave up. So it's, it's about how the team looks and the team has never looked good when they've dealt with adversity. That's been, that's been kind of like the Bucks MO in the playoffs is like they get hit in the face and then it's just like they give up. So I don't think that's going to change. I don't expect that to change. And that's something that just comes with food and holster, I guess. And I think it's time for a new, a new system. Like, I wouldn't, like, I don't even, like, if we won the championship, it's still like, yeah, we won the championship, that's awesome. But I still wouldn't want Bud coaching in the next year. Like, I, was, I would have still preferred a new coach even if we won the championship. Obviously, that was never, ever going to happen if the Bucs win the championship. 
but I still wouldn't want him on as the head coach just because of the past. And it's not like this season's been that much better. We've gotten billed out with injuries, which everybody knows. So there's just been a lot of things that like, there's going to be an asterisk next to this championship, like in a lot of people's eyes, regardless. So I don't think that saved, that would have saved Bud regardless, but that's just me. I'm going to get yeah. off my fucking soapbox. Well, now they have Bobby Portis who I, I will think definitely if... swing back. Check the receipts. Yeah. <laughs> ain't, ain't that the truth? Um, <laughs> if if they had shown up in games and were just losing games by like 15 or 20 while looking like they were trying, that would be different. But it's literally like they just fucking rolled over. So I think mm-hmm. for for that reason, should they lose the, the series, he's uh he's done. Um, it's nice too with the honest news because he'll be good to go for. Next season, I guess uh, we'll wrap up them with this uh, Suns Clippers series. Uh, we already did kind of our Euro thing. We're close to the hour mark here. So might as well uh, wrap up with kind of our past predictions. So this is pretty much where by the time this comes out, you're going to know what happens. Um, feel free to, free to fast forward through this if you'd like. But uh, we're pretty much going to give our predictions for how tonight's Suns Clippers game is going to go. And you're going to be able to find out whether or not we were right. So it's a fun little one. Kylie, I'll start with you. Suns Clippers, who you got tonight? I think, I don't know. I think the Clippers are playing with more heart. Um, DeAndre Ayton should be absolutely eating with Zubox out. And he just has not been that aggressive. And he's letting Boogie Cousins washed up fat ass just eat him up. So I don't know. It's is it in LA? Yep. Yeah, I think I think it'll push to Game Seven tonight. Um, the Suns just they just haven't shown that put away dagger. I don't think, and the Clippers have been comeback kids the whole playoffs. So I think they're gonna keep fighting. And if Paul George carries it over, I mean he looked phenomenal. And it really pissed me off because I hate that dude. But he was absolutely going off last game. I think the Suns win tonight. I think PG's going to be ga- – he's gassed already. He's been playing – I think he has the most minutes in the uh, playoffs by like almost 200, I think. or I think it was maybe 100. He has a lot of minutes compared to – pretty much everybody else in the playoffs remaining. And I agree he's been awesome for the playoffs, but I just think it's too much uh, to ask him to carry, like, this injury-ridden team to, like, another round. If they if they do win tonight, it's because Reggie Jackson stepped up again. It's because all these role players that have been stepping up to, like, continue to do so. But, like, I think it's a lot to ask for all these guys that aren't superstars to have consistent 20, 15 to 20-point games. And for that reason – Along with, I just think the Suns are a better team with Kawhi out. Uh, I think the Suns win tonight. I just, I don't think, I don't think PG has enough energy to like carry them through another game, especially if it's a close game. Yeah, uh, Clippers. Shout out them. Shout out Tyloo once again. Uh, they've been phenomenal this entire postseason. Just guys, you know, stepping up when they need it. Uh, I'm gonna say tonight that we get a Devin Booker buzzer beater to send the Suns to the NBA finals. I'm feeling pretty good after my Kemba Walker prediction. So <laughs> we're going to try to go for another one. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's tough for the Clippers. They've played, I want to say it's like 17 games in the last like 30 days or something like that. Damn. Because you're playing playoff games every other day and their series have gone deep. And because of the shortened season, you have to go every other day for playoff games. So it definitely, it wears on a team. Those guys are absolutely gassed. So, you know, if they don't have that, Reggie Jackson run to kind of get things or keep things going or, you know, uh, Morris opening up the game firing. It's very, very difficult. Um, CP three really hasn't been playing all that well yet either. Uh, especially last game. He wasn't, I wasn't too happy with his minutes just overall the Suns botched that game. Uh, so I think the Suns are going to win, like I said, on a Devin Booker buzzer beater. That's my bold prediction here. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'm right. Uh, means my finals prediction is wrong. So that is all the time we have for today. Uh, thanks for the listen. Subscribe, comment if you can even do that. I don't even know. But uh, we'll see you guys here next week for the finals.